0: Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Um, and I'm just going to do part two of Mind Games. Tell your neighbor Mind Games. Oh, y'all too quiet for me today. Mind Games. I know it's been a while, but remember, I like to hear you. I said Mind Games. Mind Games. All right. So I'm going to be obedient to what the Lord has given me and go straight into the scripture. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 to 13, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And these stories that I'm going to read seem familiar, but the Lord is going to give us a new perspective. Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. We're going to go into Mark chapter 14 right now, quickly. Same New Living Translation. And we're going to read the same story. Mark chapter 14, verses 3 to 9. Bible says, meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such an expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor, so they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could, have, she, she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Last scripture Luke, Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. Luke 7, 36 to 50. Stay with me. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. She didn't greet me with a kiss. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And the men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? May the Lord bless the reading of this word. So we see... This story told in the Bible several times. But do we know that these are two different women? I want to actually invite you to the fact that the first two versions of the story we wrote was actually Mary. And I know there's many Marys in the Bible. There's Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus. But does anybody remember Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' sister? She was a woman of God, a woman of great faith. And even in a time of crisis after her brother had died... And Jesus came late, she said, why have you come now? He's gone. This woman was a woman of faith, but unfortunately she saw her brother died and she had stopped believing for a second that God was gonna, or Jesus was really gonna do something and then he comes anyway and he raises up her brother. And so her faith is restored in God and she's the one that, if we remember, while Martha, Martha was running around, she was at the feet of Jesus. She was a destitute. She was a woman who knew God, a restitute woman, a woman of great faith. This woman understood honor. She understood the privilege of being at the feet of Jesus. She was no immoral sinner. She was a woman of God. But the woman that we find in Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 50, is quite different than Mary. In fact, so different we don't even have a name for her. The scripture just calls her the unnamed sinful woman. What a name, what a label. I know we talk about this every once in, isn't it a shame to be only known by your label? She was called the unnamed sinner. And the Bible tells us in the scripture that when she found out Jesus was there, she took her chance. She was not like Mary. She had no relationship with Jesus. She had no history with Jesus. All she knew were rumors. But yet, despite everything, she came to meet him. Same story, different women, same alabaster box. The alabaster box is unlike something we see today. So alabaster is actually marble. Y'all know marble, right? Marble countertops. Everybody likes the marble aesthetic, right? And that's what, back then, you would literally only get marble from an eastern shore so you'd have to get it through trading. It's a very, very special type of stone and it was the only kind of stone that could not only hold the perfume but it can retain its scent. Tell somebody, retain its scent. So this is a very unique type of stone. It's something that's carved out for a specific purpose. And we see these two women understanding the value of not bringing just anything to the feet of Jesus, but they brought something special. And so what is a sinful woman and a woman who knows Jesus doing the same thing for? Because haven't we always heard that relationship gives you access, right? So then what is the prerequisite for this sinful woman doing what Mary did for Jesus? Bible says, when she found out Jesus was there, she took her chance. What do we find out? What do we do when we find out Jesus is here? What are we doing, believers? My sisters, my brothers, what are we finding out? When we find out God is near, what do we do? Have we become so familiar with the presence of God that we forget to bring an alabaster? Are you coming empty-handed? Or do you have something to give Jesus? This word is not sexy. It's for those who understand that I need something more to address my situation. Remember, we're talking about mind games. When we look at this woman, it's kind of interesting because let me set the scene for you. We have a bunch of men, you know, in Jewish culture, the men typically sat at the same table. They're reclined after a long day, possibly, of evangelizing. They're chilling. They're hanging out. And a woman, none of them knew, or maybe some of them knew, but they knew her on the low for other reasons, because the scripture says she was actually a prostitute. And they knew her for other reasons, but, you know, they didn't really know her. She walks in looking Unlike she usually does. See, back then, women who were not only, and now the scripture also tells us, theologians rather, tells us that this woman who was an unnamed sinner was not just a prostitute, but she was a wealthy prostitute. So she was good at her job. Okay? She was not, you know, she was now bottom line. I mean, she was most likely running things, you know? And so she was a wealthy woman. So, so wealthy women then had a certain level of significance and stature despite their occupation. But that wealthy woman defied the odds and came in just as she is, broke up the routine, broke up the predictable, and said, I just want to meet this Jesus. I wonder what she had to go through to show up. I wonder who she had to talk to to get through the door. I wonder... What her mind was telling her before she left the house. Ah, oh, no, you shouldn't be there. Why would you go? He won't take you seriously. You're too sinful. They say he's a prophet. Prophets know. He knows you sin so much. You're dirty. They won't let you in. They'll reject you. 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 Sound familiar? These mind games, most of us, most stories we don't even hear about because the devil defeats us in our mind. The only reason why we can talk about these women today is because they were able to fight out of their mind and come call something into action. See, the devil is not worried about the fact that you made it here and you're hearing the word. The issue is getting out of the house and getting dressed and coming here. See, if he knows he can tell you enough that you don't belong in the room, he doesn't have to fight you once you're here. The enemy is strategic. He knows what you're falling to. He knows what you're prone to. He knows, man, she's been feeling insecure lately. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have her follow a bunch of influencers on Instagram and i'm going to have her really 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 study everyone's lives and then at first she's going to think that she's just admiring them and she's going to put on notifications for her favorite youtuber and so every time she sees she's going to watch and she's going to keep putting in information in her mind she's going to keep ingesting information and then finally once i planted the seed in her i'm going to have her look herself in the mirror and realize she looks nothing like them and so since she looks nothing like them i'm going to tell her that she's not enough so i'm going to have her waste her money waste her sources, try to manipulate the situation and have her go get a job she shouldn't be working at to buy the type of clothes they wear and when she wears the clothes and puts on the weave and everything she still doesn't look like them and then I'm going to tell her that maybe she has to throw herself at a guy and the guy, maybe the guy will like her, maybe the relationship will like her and so I'm going to have her throw her and try to justify and affirm her value in this man, the man will give her any attention now another guy, his best friend does he sleeps with her, makes her lose her mind and then she's in the bed and she said I'm unworthy I've sinned I don't feel good I don't look good I'm insecure mind games mind games who's sick of the enemy playing with your mind who's sick of the enemy messing with your mind trying to define you trying to make you who you're not oh Jesus I've been praying for you church and the devil is playing daggers at your mind He gets the arrow, he shoots it back, pulls that at your self-esteem, pulls that at your self-esteem, pulls that at your worth, pulls that at your pocketbook, pulls that at your attention. He's pulling it back, he's pulling it back, and slingshot goes your mind. Wake up, church. He's not using teenage pregnancy to scare us anymore. Gone are the days of where porn is enough If I can convince you that you're worthless, I've done the job. I wish you knew what the enemy was after. You wouldn't give him so much attention. Amika said it perfectly. He said some of us were talking too much. I went home and I really thought about it. I said, what kind of unsolicited conversations have I been having with the enemy? Why am I giving the enemy so much attention? Since when? Does the enemy deserve my response? I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of Zion. I wish you would. Sometimes you got to get gangster with it. You can't sit back and just take it. See, see, the thing is, we don't understand mo- most of the things that are established are established first in the spirit realm. The enemy has a snapshot of who you're going to become. He can kind of tell your tendency, man, this person has a tendency for greatness. This person has a tendency to influence people. So what he does is he establishes enough precedence to you to feel worthless and confuse you on in your mind so that he can become, you can become a tool. You cannot become a tool in the hand of the enemy without submitting to him. You only submit through your mind. Submission is not a physical thing. Submission is a mental thing. What have you been submitting to? this unnamed sinner had been submitting to a lot of things. I'm sure her self-worth went out the window a long time ago. She she probably completely disconnects her worth to her body. She just sees her body as a tool. She submitted what is supposed to be valuable and given it no worth. Do you understand the many things that you have reduced to a zero God sees as worthy? What have you been ascribing zero value to that God sees as worthy? But she comes anyway. She comes. Mary had the grace to come, but this unnamed sinner had the audacity to come. It took a lot for this woman to come outside of her thought, if not for audacity. Some of you, you are audacious in a lot of things, but not enough in the things of God. Stop putting your audacity on sale. Give it value. How many audacious people are in this room who are sick and tired of just handling and going through the same sequence of issues? She had the audacity to come. She had no worth, no relationship, no value, no nothing, but she came anyway. Perhaps maybe she thought, well, since I don't have any worth, or value, or relationship, if I just bring this alabaster box, that's beautiful, maybe if they see the box in my hand, they'll take me seriously. They know that I'm not just here to play games, so I'm sure She thought, man, I shouldn't be here, but you know what, at least I have my alabaster box. At least I'm prepared with something. I'm not empty handed coming to Jesus. These two women shared something in common. Somebody say vulnerability. Vulnerability. Either way you spin it, they were both vulnerable. See, vulnerability is the key to transcending and defeating your mind. That's why the enemy catches you when you're vulnerable. If you knew what the enemy knew about vulnerability, you'd realize that being vulnerable is being strong. I'm telling you, the scripture says it, that in the weakness, we find strength in him. But oftentimes in our weakness, we expose ourselves to the things of the enemy. Why is it that when you are weak and going through a heartbreak, that's when you want to play Jenny I. Cole. That's when you want to play all the sad love songs oh don't play y'all i know it's been a while but i'm gonna come for y'all um hello that's when you want to start playing all the sad love songs shoulda woulda coulda i wish he woulda but he did in uh. a Vulnerability, the enemy understands vulnerability. Think about Job in the scripture. Enemy really wrecked Job when he was vulnerable. Why did he come for him when he was at the top? He stripped him of everything. And the Bible, the theologians tell us that the Job, the whole Job experience that he went through lasted nine months. So you could imagine He lost everything, and for nine months, he was in this vulnerable spot. Sometimes vulnerability is not a moment, it's a season. I need somebody to catch that. Sometimes we see people, we don't see them for months at an end. Oh, I'm just busy right now in the season. Sis, you're vulnerable. Come back to church. Keep serving in your vulnerable seasons. Don't let the enemy talk you out of your value while you're vulnerable. Don't let him give you a mistaken identity while you're vulnerable. Vulnerability is key in the spirit realm. We need vulnerability to come to God. We need to not feel like we're high and mighty. Our ego has to be stripped to access him. The woman had nothing else but she had vulnerability. Going to war in your mind also necessitates that you eliminate fear. We talk about fear a lot, but I don't think we understand it. Someone told me once, she said, (laughs) that we have Ephesians 6, the full armor of God. And what is the shield? Faith. Shield of faith. The thing is, we don't realize that faith and fear cannot exist. So once fear comes in the pictures, faith has to drop. Your shield is gone. You're open. Who knows that your shield protects your vital organs? Faith protects you. Faith is movable. Arrows come. I got this angle. I got this angle. I got this angle. All of a sudden, the shield is gone. I got this angle. No, I don't. I got this angle. No, I don't. When you accept fear, you strip yourself of your shield. What have you given up to accept fear? It's in your mind. It's in your mind. The enemy is tricking you in your mind. He's telling you, that you're worthless. He's telling you, you can't do it. You can't be better than your father. You can't be better than your mother. You can't get out of this relationship. Nobody else will love you. Nobody else will love you like she does. Nobody else will do the things that he does for you. That's what the enemy is saying in your mind. But we can't skip a really key part of the story where both women do something remarkable. They anoint Jesus. Hmm. They anoint Jesus. You know, I really, really tried to look because some versions of the story say Mary anointed Jesus on his head. Some versions of the story say Mary really anointed him on his feet. And we know, of course, the sinner anointed him on his feet. And there's actually no significance. They both anointed him. And so I thought, man, what is the significance of those two women Anointing, And I want you, if you're taking notes, that there's two types of anointings. Two types of anointings I want to talk about. The first type is an anointing of the oil. Believers, make sure you're writing this down so you have a reference. The anointing of an oil, there are a few reasons why we anoint with oil. In Jewish tradition, Somebody is anointed with oil as a sign of respect. We can find that in Luke chapter seven, verse 47, where Jesus tells the Pharisee that you didn't anoint me, you didn't give me olive oil when I came. So it's a sign of respect. When someone would come into your house and you respected them, you would anoint them. It's a Jewish custom. Anointing with oil can also be done to inaugurate someone into a position priests were anointed, prophets were anointed, kings were anointed. Saul was anointed as king, right? David was anointed three times. Another reason why we anoint with oil is sometimes we have to anoint inanimate objects. For example, the Ark of the Covenant in Exodus chapter 31, verse 26. Sometimes things are anointed for a purpose. And I just have to sit right here because I strongly feel in my spirit that someone, this is the word for you. You need to go back home and you need to anoint your home. You need to mark it as a citadel for peace. Because the anointing has power. And sometimes when we put a mark on something, the devil can't go. Some of you, this is completely digressing, but you... You don't have any guard posts up, so it's like open season in your life. That was just for somebody. Another reason why we anoint with oil is healing of the sick. Mark chapter 6 verse 13 and James 5:14, we see in the scripture where anointing can be used when somebody is sick. But the part that I strongly believe God wants me to talk about this morning is the anointing of the holy spirit this anointing is conferred upon by a believer as a believer second corinthians chapter 2 verse 21 to 22 let's open that scripture really quickly second corinthians chapter 2 verse 21 to 22 21 to 22 Okay. All right. So I don't have the right translation, so no worries. But I just want you to round up the story in saying that. or oh, in the scripture says the Holy Spirit is the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. That was the scripture. I believe it's actually probably first Corinthians. I'll get the I'll get it for you. Don't worry. But the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is the first installment that guarantees everything he promised us. We can actually see that in the book of Acts, where Jesus says, I'm sending you a helper. He's the installment. When you are anointed by the spirit, you have a promise, a guarantee on the promises of God over your life. So many believers are functioning in their Christianity without the Holy Spirit. I'm not just talking about speaking in tongues now. I'm talking about the discernment of the Spirit. The ability to know what is right and wrong. Hearing from the Holy Spirit. So when the devil is playing in your mind, you can discern who's talking. When you're anointed by the Holy Spirit, you have a strategic ability to beat the devil. And the devil takes zero days off. He does not care about your timeline, your schedule, your dreams, your ambitions, your goals, your destiny, who you want to marry, where you want to go to school, what you want to look like, anything. He does not care. All he cares about is defeat. I don't want this person to fulfill the promises of God, period. So however he is going to get you to stop believing in yourself so you don't fulfill the promises he's going to do, and he does it in the mind. I cannot emphasize this enough. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is what we need. Because with this anointing, you are enough. Perhaps, maybe, we don't even know this, but this woman with so many sins, despite everything, she came with anointing. She came with anointing. I wish you knew what you had was enough. Because she did, and she came anyway. This woman knew what she had was enough. I wish you knew what you had was enough. Moses couldn't really talk well, but he had a staff. It was enough. The battlefield in your mind is saying you don't have enough. It's a battlefield in your mind. Sometimes the mind will tell you, You should just end it now. Nobody's going to miss you when you're gone. Oh, you thought he really liked you? Girl, you ugly. End it. Quit your job. Move to a new city. Move to a new city. Move to a new city. The enemy will plant so many suggestions in your peripheral, in your daily life, where you became to make decisions without God. Are we understanding here? He will suggestively manipulate you into believing that you need to make certain decisions that are not aligned to the will of God. The only thing that saves us is our authority in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one that says, wait a minute, Put on that worship music it's not safe in here let's 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 put something in there I am NOT telling you what I haven't lived I am NOT telling you what I have not experienced when the enemy comes he comes in like a flood he knows he may have a window of opportunity to tell you all the lies he needs to tell you so he dumps it all at once you're worthless you're nothing you should give up now give it up give it up give it up And so, so many of us, that's when we make our hasty decisions. We send the text we're not supposed to send. Right? We say, no, 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 I'm not going to do this anymore. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. Whoa. Because he knows he has a small opportunity to manipulate you. Mind, your mind can be a safe place if you give it to the Holy Spirit to take over. It doesn't have to be like this. But I ask you right now, that what do you have to pour out to Jesus? Because he can help you. I don't think you understand that in your mind, if you do not have the Holy Spirit in control, there are things that are set to kill your destiny. And yet you will look like you are walking in the will of God, but actually your destiny is deleted. Sometimes the enemy will send a counterfeit spirit to manipulate your mind to make you look like things are progressing, but realize that you're not progressing. He will send you the guy that has the likeness of what you've asked for from God, but really he's not, he's a counterfeit. He will send you the kind of job, right job, perfect thing that you've been looking for. wrong city. You will pick up your life. You will move there and you will realize this was the biggest mistake and it will be too late to turn up your mind. That's why it is dangerous for you to operate in isolation. You cannot be alone in this life. You need community. You need people who will sharpen you and say, bro, that's unlike you. Are you sure you're going to do that? Why don't you think it over one time? Hey, let's pray about it. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't like this person. This person gets on my nerves. Oh, I don't like this person. I'm not going to that church because I don't like the way this girl looked at me. Yeah, the enemy's working on your mind. He's working your way out of community. He's manipulating you enough where everyone irritates. Why is it always that everybody irritates you? Everybody got a problem, but you, everybody got an attitude, but you. I mean, the enemy understands the assignment. He really does. He does, and he shows up every single day on his P's and Q's to destroy you. Will you let him have you? What you going to pour out to Jesus so you can get this sweet exchange? Scripture says that wherever the story of the gospel is told, this woman's name is going to be said. What they're going to say about you, sis? What they're going to say about you, bro? I said it before. If the enemy knew what he knows now that coming for you was only pushing you to God, he would have left you alone. I wish the devil knew he made a mistake, trying to mess with my life. (laughs) All it does, is woke up a lion in me. Some of you, you need to realize that every prick and every arrow is just waking you up. It's waking up the real you, the one that was there the whole time, the one that had the audacity and the dignity to get up and fight this battle, the one who is going to pull, the Bible says the violent, take it by force. What are you going to take? You're going to keep taking this? Enemies coming for your mind every night, telling you you are who you're not, telling you to keep running back to porn, telling you to keep running back to the things that are dark, that are desolate, that you've literally cried and prayed for God to deliver you from. Are you going to take it like that? Take it by force. Take it by force. Take your mind back. Take your sanity back. These mind games the devil's been playing. Time is up, enemy. These people messed around and woke up and came to the gap church. They came here to find their deliverance. They came here and got their mind back. They got their sanity back. Some of you, you've know, not been thinking straight. You've been confused. i damn the devil right now and I speak life back into you. Everything that has confused you, manipulated you in the name of Jesus, I decree peace over your mind. Clarity like never before in the name of Jesus. Every wicked spirit that has been manipulating you, has been telling you you are not who God says you are. I decree and declare it is released from you in the name of Jesus. The Lord told me to tell somebody that some of you have been in a holding pattern when you see the planes are flying in the air and they can't land, they're there. They're just holding. They're in a holding pattern. They don't know when they can land. They don't know how much fuel they have left until it's safe, how, how long they can be in the air. Sometimes you can be there for five minutes. Sometimes there you can be there for hours. Some of you, you've been in a holding pattern. The Lord's telling me he's ready to land you at your destination. Riba senke ribo soto riba. That was a word for somebody. He's saying he wants to land you at your destination. He said you've been in a holding pattern. You've been talking. He somebody said somebody his here. God clearly say you've been answering to the devil too much. You've been having this dialogue this unscripted dialogue. I didn't send you to answer the enemy. The Lord is saying he's silencing that voice silencing that appetite silencing that conversation every conversation from the pit of hell that has been manipulating your mind has come to cease in the name of I sent a cease and desist letter on the devil right now over your mind over your sanctity over your destiny in the name of Jesus a cease and desist in the spirit realm enough is enough if you know that you're mad at the devil today and you've had enough my ribo seque, ribo ribo authority let's walk it off yeah yeah this is the wrong church to play with ribo sekeribo. I'm getting my mind back somebody needs to say that right now put your hand on your head I'm getting my no more mind games devil your time is up no more mind games. <laughs> the jig is up, devil. No more mind games. I'm getting my mind back. Everything that has been contending for my peace of mind. I speak back life. Rebo Oh yes, God. Rebo sikarabo. There is an anointing in this atmosphere in the spirit. An anointing over... Every synapse, every nerve, every neuron in your brain. Some of you, God is going to perform a brain surgery right now to begin to change the way that you consider thought. Rima sekeri, but that was to somebody. The way that your mind twists and turns in ways that you don't understand. The Lord is saying He's going to do a surgical incision. Look for the markings of that incision where where God literally will penetrate into your mind and change the way that you see things. You got to pray for your mind. There is nobody in this room right now that has not been attacked in the mind. Some of you, you've been serving and suddenly you stopped and the Lord has been calling you back but the enemy has been keeping you so busy at your job. been giving you reasons to say i'm busy i can't do this god i'm trying to figure it out the jig is up devil i got my mind back i poured it out at the gap church and i got my mind back i was audacious enough to fight for my mind back decree it over me decree it over yourself i got my mind back i got my sanctity back oh yes god i'm thinking straight i see clearly no more depression, no more confusion, no more anxiety. I decree it over my life and my family. I got my mind back. 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 All the devil needs is your mind. All God needs is your heart and your mind. <laughs> All he can work with is your mind. I need you to pour out your heart so God can work on this mind thing right now, Haha. <laughs> what are you gonna pour out? You gonna pour out your pride? You gonna pour out your dignity? You gonna pour out vulnerability? You need to decide what you're gonna pour out. Se karibu. As we're rounding up right now, I just wanna pray for a couple people. The Spirit of the Lord is telling me right now that there are some of you that you've actually stopped fighting these mind games. You've submitted. You're either on prescription medication for mental issues. You take something. You take a Xanax every once in a while. You take something to help you to sleep every night because you can't turn your mind off. If that's for you, I want you to tap into this moment right now. The Lord is telling me that that prescription that you've been taking, he's got a prescription that is better than that. He said if you would tap into the anointing of the spirit right now, you will never need another Xanax. You will never need another codeine. You will never need another sleeping aid to get you to sleep. That's for somebody. That's not for everybody. some of you there's so much greatness on your life the enemy just keeps attacking you he just keeps coming for you and you're tired and you're getting to this season in your life where you've had enough fight you're tired of fighting the devil you're exhausted the Lord is telling me to tell you that he is renewing your strength because the battle is yet over but he said victory is yours in the name of Jesus it ain't for everybody, I get it. But if you've been fighting too many battles and you're exhausted, I'm here to tell you that the victory is yours in the name of Jesus. Oh, Rebo Shitarabo Sekerebo. Reba Santarabo I think I shared this testimony before. a Couple years ago, they told me I had to take get surgery and i was so nervous about this surgery i really didn't want to have been fighting it off because the surgery was close to my throat and i was nervous so after all the medication didn't work they finally finally said okay we'll do the surgery so they did the surgery they took the organ out and a couple of weeks at my post op visit they Said, oh, we have the pathology report from the surgery of the organ we took out. We need to look at. We wanted to review it with you. I said, okay. Whole time, I was just scared. Like, listen, I got to talk again. I speak. I minister, Lord. Whatever won't affect my voice. And the lady, she showed me, she said, well, Miss Yanny, um, it turns out that their cancer cells was in that organ. I said, what, cancer? Yeah, we didn't see it in the scans. But I later read that those kind of cancer cells can cause throat cancer. And if you have throat cancer, what does that mean? They take out your vocal cords and you can't speak. Maybe you haven't lived enough to realize that your pure existence is making the devil mad. That your life is a testimony if God did not intervene and make me get off of this because see my mind I was like no I can't have it I was so afraid and finally just an ordinary service I had the freedom and said you know what God whatever you want to do I release myself no more talking back no more dialogue in my brain about not making this decision and I did it anyway imagine if I would have allowed the enemy to manipulate me and I would have stayed in that situation I would have had cancer. It would have been more detrimental. See, if you can get ahead of this, the devil is out for your life. He's out for your destiny. He's out for your sanctity. If I did not do what I did then and stepped up and say, take the organ out, I would not be here literally speaking to you today. These mind games are life or death. I leave you with this everyone eyes closed hands on your head Lord we come to you not because we have a perfect solution but we pour ourselves out to you Lord God Almighty every manipulation in the spirit that the enemy has done Lord we decree all manipulation put to a stop in the name of Jesus I decree that every single person under the sound of my voice right now who has been wrestling in their mind, who the enemy has actually told them that they've been defeated, who are struggling with generational issues of mental health, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, whether the issue is small or it is big, I pray for a deliverance to come into this room right now in the name of Jesus. I decree an anointing over every single person who has been obedient enough to put their hand on their head. I pray for an anointing to flow. Let it breathe in this place in the name of Jesus. I breathe an anointing in this place. Come and soak and saturate every brain cell, every nerve in the name of Jesus. I pray every every nerve pathway be soaked in the blood of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Lord God, we stand as the Gap Church right now, right here. We say put a stop to the mind game in the name of Jesus. All mental issues, every single advocacy against our destiny is put to a stop in the name of Jesus. We stand upon your word and we say we are victors, free of issues, free of mental disturbances Lord all those who have been disturbed in their sleep it's time to get some rest it's time to get some rest it's time to be refreshed and rejuvenated I speak to every tired body every withered health in the name of Jesus I decree strength in the name of Jesus in Jesus mighty matchless name we decree and declare and amen thank you for tuning in to the gap church podcast we hope this message blessed you If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.